Welcome to the Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And for today's podcast, I want to talk about the nature of heaven. And to start, I want to begin by reading a passage out of Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. There's a lot in those five verses. So let's just start at the top and start working our way down and unpack some of this. So number one, verse one. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So think about this. John chapter 7, Jesus makes this statement. All who are thirsty, come to me and drink. And those who believe, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Guys, where are you seated according to Colossians 3? You are seated with Christ where in heavenly places. This river of the water of life that's as clear as crystal that flows from the throne of God and of the Lamb is flowing from you. Because of where you're placed, which is in Christ. You have this, this river of life is in you right now. You are currently right now seated with Christ in heavenly places. And this river is flowing from your innermost being. And it is releasing life to everyone around you. That is... That alone, which is not even the point of this podcast, that alone could take you years of just thinking about, meditating on, pondering, and realizing the life of God within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, there literally is nothing you lack. You don't lack anything. You're not missing anything. You don't have a part of God. You have the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in bodily form. You know, I was thinking recently, 2 Peter 1 makes this statement. It says, we have, we have been, past tense, given, gift, all, which is all, that we need for life and godliness. And it goes on to say that we are participants in the divine nature. So we've been given everything that we need for life and godliness Do you know what that is? Being given everything you need for life and godliness is a relationship with the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Because you're in Christ and Christ is in you, because you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you, you have all that you need for life and godliness. You're not missing anything. You have been brought into the divine life, the divine union of the Godhead through Christ, and now you are participating in the life of the Trinity. That is called all. That is called fullness. And this verse out of Revelation 22 says that from that place of fullness, from his throne, the throne of God, the throne of the Lamb, this river of life that is clear as crystal, the revelation or the voice of God that you hear can be clear as crystal. That ability to discern what God is doing in the moment can come as a place of life and as clear as a bell. This is the promise of God. This is good news. This is not even the point of this podcast. But man, I couldn't skip that part. It goes on to say, down the middle of the great street of the city. And this is the point of the podcast. Notice this. Heaven is a city, not a sanctuary. Let me say that again. Heaven is a city, not a sanctuary. That is not a statement to slight sanctuaries or to say going to corporate meetings is wrong. It's not my point. But my point is this. God's intention for the world is for his people. You can call that um, the bride of Christ, uh, the church. You know, there's... um, different identities that we have related to our uh, place among the people of God. His desire, his intention is that the people of God would actually engage life, that we would engage the cities and the nations that we live in, not just get people to come to our thing, but actually be the people of God seated into society and going to those that may never come to our thing. Let me just say from a perspective of America, there is a book I read recently um, that, that shares a data point that says, there's four independent studies done in our nation, two by believers, two by unbelievers. And what the studies concluded or what the studies were based on was how many evangelical Christians actually exist in America. And that's, you know, the baseline for that is people who go to an evangelical church. So Bible-believing, um, salvation experience, you know, all the things that we would begin to say fit into the evangelical worldview. Um, Three of the studies said that came back with the same number as a percentage of what evangelical Christianity really is in America as far as numbers go. The fourth study was two percentage points different. And here, here here was the results. Again, three out of four studies said 7% of America would be evangelical Christian. And the other said 8.9% is evangelical Christian. 
7% is something like 28 million. It may be 22 million. I can't remember off the top of my head, and I'm not going to whip out a calculator to figure it out. 22 to 28 million out of 315 million people in the United States. So what is that saying? Is that saying that God is irrelevant? No. Is that saying the church is irrelevant? No. But what it is saying is most Americans do not identify with a organized body of evangelical Christianity is what that's saying. Now, oddly enough, uh, the fastest growing structure of church is the megachurch, which I'm not saying megachurches are bad or we shouldn't have them, but there is some, there's an interesting dynamic within megachurches. It's big, it's so big that you can easily hide. Uh, that's I don't think that's anyone's heart. That's not what we want. But why am I saying all this? I'm saying this because most of our nation is not coming to our meetings, so all the more that missional expression is, I believe, uh, what's needed to see cities actually begin to look like heaven. If heaven is a city, then how do we express the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God in our cities when most people are working the nine to five? What does that look like? What does that mean? Here's what I find. I find that people have this weird perspective, and I don't know where it comes from. I've had certain people say that, you know, you you start drilling back into history, into church history, that this really comes out of what we see with Constantine, where he he um, he legalized Christianity, he institutionalized it, and that may be true. I don't know, um, but but here's what I know. We've got this weird idea, and, and again, I'm not saying this comes from people that are in full-time ministry. I, I was in full-time ministry for five years, so and it wasn't my idea, and I didn't like it. And I know a lot of people in full-time ministry that don't like this idea. But there's this weird idea that says if you're in full-time ministry, you've really made it as far as the kingdom of God. And if you're not, you're kind of on the back row. And I know plenty of pastors that think that's the dumbest idea ever, uh, and and have given their lives to see the opposite actually reinforced that that the kingdom of God is a level playing field and we just have different expressions and I I think that's right but here's my point when we have that mindset that says my 9 to 5 isn't really kingdom worthy uh and then we read something like heaven is a city there's this disconnect that's going on because if heaven is a city, then guess what? There's lots of jobs or assignments in heaven that aren't what we would deem traditional ministry jobs. It's actually things that make a city run. It would be uh, things that are similar to what business looks like here, what the arts look like, what education looks like, what the family looks like, what government looks like. There's so many components to what make a city run. What that says to me is God is absolutely interested in those jobs or careers or callings, whatever word you want to put on that. 
He's absolutely, they're actually his ideas. He came up with it. So what that says is your job, your calling, your career, there is life in it that God is wanting to express through you that the kingdom of heaven can actually move ahead. That when you're in that meeting, it's not just boring and you're ready to get out of it, but there's an opportunity to see the kingdom of God advance, both in getting something done and seeing something work right so that it blesses a bunch of people and administrates the grace of God, and to literally see an overt kingdom expression, whether that's someone getting healed, someone getting encouraged, someone recognizing the person of Jesus, whatever it might be, there is both and happening. And it's not a matter of, I've got to say Jesus for this thing to now be spiritual, but it could include that. But, but in addition to that, it could be you have a solution that is totally from the spirit of God that allows something to work in a city that has not worked before. It could be you are a mayor and now you have an idea to see a plan begin to emerge and be executed on every front and now the city works better. It could be lowering taxes. It could be figuring out a way to fund a new citywide project that blesses a whole group of people. It could be figuring out how to get clean water uh, to a city. It could be figuring out how to create a law that allows businesses to flourish. It could be figuring out as a teacher how to teach people based on their identity. And now your students begin learning at a different rate because they realize they already are someone and they're not qualifying through the taking of a test and getting a good grade to be someone. Guys, there's so many different ways that the message of the kingdom, the gospel, uh, express itself in both overt and covert ways. And it begins to change culture. It begins to change expression. It begins to change relationships. Guys, what would it look like for artists to literally see in their hearts and in their minds what heaven is like and begin to express it on a canvas and they hang it in galleries and people come in and look at that art and they begin to experience the presence of God. They begin to get opened up to hearing God's voice. They become softened to realizing what Jesus did actually is for them too and not just for somebody else that they know across the street or in their family. And guys, this stuff's happening already. And my point in saying it is uh, to, to believe that God wants to increase it and expand it into your world. Guys, if heaven's a city, then guess what? What better training ground than the the cities and towns that we live in now. How are we going to see cities transformed? I'm telling you this, guys. There's no building big enough to house a complete city. The, you know, Some of the smaller cities that we have are a million people, 500,000 people. And then we get big cities that are like 10 million people, 20 million people. There is no building big enough to house that. We've got to have people that know who they are in Christ and have passion for those places of influence and know how to allow people to discover who God is through reading his word 
asking, being asked questions, to go on a journey to discover who God really is, to see Jesus for who he really is, to trust him by his grace, and to begin to become an expression in their world of the kingdom of God and the person of Jesus. Guys, this, this is powerful. There's nothing more powerful than being a disciple and making disciples. And then when we gather, it's just an overflow of hearing the stories of what God has done in the community and seeing it expressed through every sphere. Hearing from the moms and the dads and the business worker and the medical worker and the pastoral worker and the social worker and the neighbors and the friends and the restaurant worker and all these different people coming together and watching the kingdom of God express in a city and seeing cities literally changed and actually looking like heaven, which is what Revelation 22 is saying. And let's go on to read this. It says, on each side of that river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Guys, do you realize in heaven there is no season of fruitfulness? Every month it's bearing fruit, the tree of life. Let's get out of times and seasons and realize we are in the season of harvest and it's not ending. It's unending harvest. It's un- you are standing full, knee deep full, waist deep full, chest high full in harvest right now. Look at the relationships God's already given you and just ask the Holy Spirit, what's the next thing? What are you saying about this, this realm of relationship, this realm of influence that you've given me? And just trust what he says. Begin to believe what he says and watch the Holy Spirit begin to give you simple actions that will have real impact and real effect in people's lives and in their world. And guys, it's 12 crops. It's multiplied, multiplied activities. It doesn't mean we're burning the candle at both ends, but it does mean that our lives have a multiplicative effect in what we influence and what we see transform. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Guys, here's the deal. In heaven, there's no need for healing. Right? Think about that. There's no need for healing. But in a world that doesn't realize heaven has already invaded earth and Jesus incarnating and living here 2,000 years ago, dying, being resurrected, and then breathing his life into his disciples who have carried on that move of the Spirit from the early days. Uh, heaven on and on earth is not coming. Heaven and heaven on earth is here. His name is Jesus, and He lives in you. Realize you have this tree of life in you for the healing of nations, and we're not bringing heaven to earth. Heaven has already come to earth in the person of Jesus, and in you having Christ in you, the hope of glory. And now you are an extension of heaven everywhere you go that people cannot just be healed in their bodies, though that's definitely there, but healed in their emotions, healed in their understanding of God, healed uh, in their relationships, that they would come into a greater revelation of what Jesus accomplished and they would wake up to the truth that they are healed by his stripes. 
And that's good news. It says this in verse 3, No longer will there be any curse. Heaven on earth, no curse. Jesus already defeated the curse, Galatians 3. He defeated it on the tree. What came through a tree, he defeated on a tree. The curse has been broken. There's just a lot of people that don't know it. Therefore, the declaration of the gospel is to make the announcement, you are free. And when we make the announcement, people are free to say, I believe, or they're free to say, I don't believe. If they don't believe, they will stay in that place of unbelief, not because Jesus didn't purchase it for them, but because they don't want what he's purchased for them. It's rejecting a free gift, which you're free to do, but it's really dumb. (laughs) The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city Not the sanctuary. In the city, God wants to reveal himself in cities and nations. Amongst every group of workers, amongst every sphere of society, seeing the kingdom of heaven advance, seeing heaven expressed both with excellence and with peace and joy. Excellence is not the new name for performance where everything, until it's what we see as perfection, it's not good enough. No, everything is good enough as we're learning to grow in our craft, as we're learning to express it more excellently. There is no lack of peace. There's no lack of joy. There's fullness of joy, fullness of peace, fullness of the fruit of the spirit to express things excellently but it is not to merit God's favor it is not to merit God's spirit it is it is the fruit of relationship with God they will see his face i love that and his name will be on their foreheads for all the the, the sermons that we've heard that say we can't see his face and live well revelation 22 says this they will see his face <laughs> they will see his face and their names, their minds, their, their name, his name will be on their minds, will be on their foreheads. It's the mind of Christ. It's the mindset that needs to change so that we see things through the lens of Christ and not sin. Sin's been defeated. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. He's going to give us revelation. And they, they, that's people, will reign. We are not to come under a curse, but we have, the curse has been broken so that we will reign. We will reign in life. Romans 5. We will reign in this life. Guys, heaven's a city. Your passions, your dreams, your desires, they're God-given. Can those things go astray? Sure they can, but they only go astray when we come under the delusion of a lie and we believe the wrong stuff and it manifests the wrong fruit. But we repent, we realize, we recognize the truth, we let go of the bags of lies and we recognize the fullness of the Godhead who dwells in bodily form in Christ and that we've been given that fullness. Guys, pursue, enjoy, develop your skills and your calling for the things God's put in your heart. Don't say that one calling is holy and another calling is not holy. They're all holy. If you're in full-time ministry, holy. If you're not in paid ministry, holy. 
It's all holy. It's all a place of expression. It's all a place of releasing and and revealing the kingdom of God in the person of Jesus to a world who has no clue. So, Father, we thank you for artists. God, we thank you for doctors and lawyers and business people and speakers and communicators and pastors and leaders and business people and moms and dads and teachers and administrators and heads of medicine and presidents and CEOs and every sphere of society represented, God. We thank you for expressing your kingdom through them, for reforming society through them, God, and that you are bringing us into a revelation of the fullness that we've always had and we never knew. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes, and iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks, everyone, and take care.